Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be getting into the Mavericks 107-105 to loss to the Phoenix Suns last night on the Mavericks opening game of the season. Um, there's a lot to take away from this game, but there's also things that we shouldn't take away given it's just the first game of the season. But in the end of the day, you know, obviously it doesn't feel good to lose in the fashion that the Mavericks did, that being on a Damian Lee game winner, especially in the first game of the season after, you know, this had been such a highly coveted, highly touted event going um, this whole game seven rematch, if you want to call it, where they're, you know, um, the Mavericks versus Suns back on the Suns home court and everything. Um, Obviously disappointing, but it is only the first game of the season. So we'll be getting into all that, of course. But before we do that, here's an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jared, so getting into it, the Mavs actually opened this game up with a pretty strong first half. It seemed like they were kind of running the suns out the water um, come halftime. Mavs Twitter was jovial, to say the least. Um, what were your thoughts, I guess, just in that opening first quarter um, from what you saw from Luka Doncic? Um, just I honestly thought it was like the beginning of his MVP campaign in that first quarter. He just seemed like he was torching the suns in the mid-range and Honestly, the Mavs were firing on all cylinders offensively. It really didn't seem like anybody or everybody seemed like they got a good pep in their step. Like they were really stroking it from distance. Um, but, you know, obviously things went haywire to an extent in that third quarter, typical third quarter Mavs. But just specifically in that first half, what were your general thoughts and feelings? And um, I guess just what did you think of how everybody played? Yeah, no, I, like starting out the game. Uh, let me just shout out Phoenix real quick. Like it was honestly a pretty good atmosphere. Uh, I like that they're booing Luca. And at first they were booing everybody, and I thought that was pretty unique. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Luca got off to an early start. The really, really the whole team got off to a pretty early start. Um, we saw the usual substitutions that we think or that we thought would be the first guys in and first guys out. Uh, that being Chris Wood and Tim Hardaway checking in, and then Spencer and Javale checking out. Uh, and honestly, like, wasn't the best first quarter from Christian Wood. Um, but in that, like, he picked it up really, really well. Um, but just as a whole, like, the Mavericks looked really good on offense. Defense was honestly a little lackluster. We just got kind of lucky because the Suns didn't make too many shots in that first half. Yeah, Chris Paul and Devin Booker were, like, really suffering in the mid-range um, in that first half. And the Suns, I think there was – there's some credence to the fact that the first half, um, the Mavericks defense I thought was decent. They had – they were closing out, I thought, in the perimeter pretty well, but they were still giving up a lot in the paint, um, which is kind of just the structure of the Mavericks defense from what we saw last year, really obviously perimeter-oriented defense. You know, if you don't have JaVale in there, this is a team that is going to, you know, guard you hard, you know, run around screens. Um, but the second something slips or there's a hole in the defense and you're able to find that cog in the middle of the lane, you know, it tends to be an easy basket. And that's how the Warriors were able to, um, exploit the Mavericks last year in the conference finals. So I think we saw that to an extent, especially in that second half. But in that first half, um, I think the Mavericks did bear some positive regression from the standpoint that 
Um, the Suns were list, missing a lot of shots in the Mavericks' yeah. favor. Um, but, it, you know, there's – I thought Dorian and Reggie were more active defensively in that first half than they were in the second half. I thought they did a better job of not letting Devin Booker get to, um, you know, his preferred hip and, you know, getting an easy shot in the lane versus I think in the second half, you know, just specifically for this game, not saying that these – that Dorian and Reggie are bad defenders in general, but I think their defense definitely suffered a little bit in that second half. But in the first half, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, just as a whole, like Dorian played 38 minutes the whole entire game, and that's first game of the season. Uh, those are playoff type type numbers uh, for this guy right here. And honestly, like, I think there was a little question as to conditioning. And I'm not going to question that. Like, he played hard pretty much all game. There's a You can question – little defense here and there in the, the later fourth quarter and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just not going to put too much on that just because it's the first game of the season. I think five games in, that question will be answered. Um, but, yeah, as far as first half goes, I, th- I don't think that you could ask for a better half. I mean, of course, the Suns were missing their shots. We were getting kind of lucky. Uh, but defensively, like, we really didn't look terrible. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know at one point the Suns had 26 of their – or uh, 24 of their 26 points inside the paint. And – I don't know if that's just too, like, clearly, I mean, it's too easy penetration inside, but, uh, like, I don't think Aiton really had anything to do with that. It was more or less just, like, Devin Booker and Chris Paul just kind of engaging inside and somebody was rolling to the hole. Um, but other than that, like, I, I think offensively, like, there's no, there's not really any negatives that you could take away minus free throw shooting. That was horrendous. Uh, not Luca though. Luca played from the line he shot really well but uh I mean Christian Wood of course like that was a big talking point I think in that first half um but really as a team like they just shot terrible I know at one point they were five for 13 uh and honestly like those numbers aren't going to cut it I know as the season goes it'll get better so I'm not like too worried about it in the future uh but I really think that if if the Mavericks had won it it would have been due to a better free throw percentage hundred percent. I think there's, you know, multiple factors in terms of how the Mavericks could have won this game that we'll get into later in the podcast. But I just want you to kind of like take me through what was going right offensively in that first half for the Mavericks. Um, obviously, I mean, besides, I guess, Spencer Dinwiddie's blemish at the start of the first half where he had a rough shooting start and, um, you know, he was just having a trouble, like really getting his offense going. It didn't really seem like he was being assertive. You know, once he was able to kind of flip the switch, it seemed like, no one really did bad on offense in the first half. Um, what were um, what do you think was going so good for the Mavericks offensively? Yeah, I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we really even saw a whole lot of pick and roll in that first half. Uh, I mean, maybe we saw a lot of pick and roll, but it was all kick out to these corner threes uh, where guys were making them. And not just that, you know, Luca was getting easy penetration inside, just doing easy dribble moves and using his strength to work on smaller guys. Um, I mean, Tim Hardaway didn't have a bad first half. Christian Wood offensively minus free throws had a really good first half we didn't I mean like Josh Green he he worked to get like and he had a I don't know if this is in the third or second quarter but he had a like some really bad turnovers uh like as soon as he checked in first um once Spencer got it going Spencer played like really good and I think that was more or less like second quarter I know you mentioned it earlier uh where he just kind of got off to a slow start but once he got it going he got it going he had a personal 8-0 run, I think it was. Uh, and then I think that this speaks characters, but, you know, whenever Luca checks out in that middle of the second quarter, or I, I believe is that start of the second quarter or middle of the second quarter rotation, whenever he's off the court, that was a big question. You know, how is this math team going to fare whenever Luca's not on the court? And honestly, they answered, I think, every question. 
they ballooned the lead from like seven to 18 or 20, something like that. Uh, and honestly, I like I'm speaking plus minus here, but Josh Green was in those minutes there and he, his plus minus was all the way at 18 by the end of the game. And I think it was solely because of that second quarter run that we had without Luca on the floor. And I'm not saying this team's better without Luca. I'm definitely not saying that, but just the, the way the team played and I, Spencer was running the floor. I think that can speak to a lot of things that he's doing uh, when running that second unit. And so that's one thing that stuck out to me is like these minutes without Luca, they're going to be so valuable. Like, can we survive without it? And honestly, tonight or last night, it showed me that we can, uh, but we'll see how that goes going forward. There's still a question as to the third ball handler. Like we'll talk more into it whenever we get in the second half, but these non-Luca minutes looked really good to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much Creed – like, that, those are some good points. I don't know how much Creed, you know, you take to individual game plus minus, of course. Well, I will say Josh Green did have a good one. I thought that, what like what you did say, that was emblematic of the minutes that he was on the floor. The Mavericks generally seemed to just trend more positively, especially just given his defensive impact. His one-on-one defense looked really good last night. Um, back to your point about just the pick and roll, um, I honestly thought – what was going right the most for the Mavericks in that first half was one, they were getting out in transition. They were running off Suns turnovers. Um, you know, obviously I thought the Suns were a little sloppy in that first half, just in terms of taking care of the ball. I don't know how much of it was conducive to the Mavericks defense. I like some of it was just kind of errant passes dribbling off their foot, you know, first game type of woes, but the Mavericks like used that and they were getting out in transition. Like Tim had transition layup. I know Josh Green was out running. Luca pushed the pace a little bit more. And I honestly think that that was helping the Mavericks get easier baskets in the first half. So I think that's the first thing. Um, second off, um, I think what was really indicative in that first half um, in the half court offense was the Mavericks bigs ability to eyeball corner shooters in the short roll. Cause I thought once they got going in the pick and roll, um, I think Christian Wood more so than JaVale and Maxi, but I mean, they did, they still did to an extent too, but you know, they'd have the pick and roll set up with Luca. And then if Christian Wood, for instance, saw nothing there in terms of being able to get to the basket, um, he was able to dish it out to the corner shooter because that man had already come up on a double team with Luca, you know, um, the Suns were doubling Luca a lot. Um, they were attempting to, you know, deflect and hedge on all these screens and, they were, you know, they're just trying to mix it up as much as they can. That's all you can do with a guy like Luca. But I thought the Mavericks did a great job attacking their weak points, especially in that first half, just in their ability, um, the bigs' ability to find corner shooters. And I know Christian Wood even found Maxi at one point under the basket. Um, JaVale found, found Dorian for a dunk under the basket. Um, plays like that, I think that was, like, really emblematic of some of the success the Mavericks were have having in terms of their half court offense in the first half. And that opened everything up from the inside out and led to a lot more threes. So I think that that was um, part of the reason the Mavericks were so successful in the first half. And I wouldn't necessarily say that they went away from it in the second half, but I think that, um, you know, just Luca kind of, I don't know. I don't know if taking his foot off the gas is the right word, but he seemed a little less assertive in that third quarter, and Dinwiddie getting in early foul trouble screwed up the rotations from that aspect a little bit too. So I think those are some of the factors as to why the Mavericks weren't able to carry that on as much in the fourth, uh, third quarter. But, you know, particularly in the second quarter, I think when they really got humming, 
that's where we noticed it the most. Um, so yeah, at halftime, I believe 62 to 45. Yeah, the score is 62 to 45. Mavericks were up 17. They were up 22 at one point. The Mavericks ended up blowing a 22 point lead in this game um, from their peak. So um, obviously the Mavericks had quite the uh, third quarter woes. Um, what do you, what were the Suns doing in your opinion, Jaron, that really started to give the Mavericks trouble in the third quarter? Yeah, I mean they're moving the ball well uh, to start the third quarter. I don't know what uh, Monty Williams told the team at halftime, but whatever he told them, like it, it got the guys going. It just kind of seemed two different teams at the two halves. Like it, it seemed a less assertive kind of less confident Suns team in the first half. And then I don't know what happened, but as soon as they walked out of the locker room in the second half, they were assertive, confident, uh, ready. I mean, they looked in midseason form in that second half. Um, really just kind of what went well, you know, minus I feel like they got kind of, a, and I'm not blaming this on the refs or anything, but they got, they got a handful of calls going their way. Um, but the ball movement for the Suns was really well. They're getting easy inside penetration as they were in the first, but they weren't making the shots in the first half. That is. Uh, and then in the second half, they started making shots. Um, you know, ball movement was really well. They're getting offensive rebounding. You know, in the first half, that was one thing I guess I failed to mention was the Mavericks were dominating the rebound category offensively and defensively in that first half. And then the second half, it was just a complete turnaround. Uh, whether it was a lack of JaVale minutes in the second half, I don't know. Um, but it just kind of seemed like a, a flip of two sides. You know, all of a sudden, McCall Bridges and even uh, DeAndre Ayton, they were dominating the rebounding category in the second half and it's just there's two different teams out there um but honestly like getting these offensive rebounds creating these second chance points for these Suns was really really what hurt the Mavericks later in the games no yeah that's a really good point I honestly thought that just schematically where the Suns really were able to turn the page in the third quarter was that high screening role particularly the Chris Paul yeah. and Aiden um I thought that the I think Javit, I don't know what it was that maybe changed if the Suns start starting that process, you know, a little higher up, or if you know the Mavericks just took their foot off the pedal and they were less attentive to, to it all. But I thought JaVale and Maxi, particularly, who you know are typically covered as, you know, JaVale, I guess, a really a pretty good rim protector, Maxi, um, really good mobile defender for a big. And they in the drop coverage on those pick and rolls or even if they had to come up on the screen, they weren't playing drop. In either instances, they were just getting torched by Aiden, like he was catching everything over them. They were out of position. It just seemed really lousy, and he was able to score on them. Like, given he's a really good offensive center, there's no refuting that. Aiden had 18 points and 10 rebounds in this game. I thought he played really well. Um, but I, I think that that was really indicative of the Mavericks' struggles defensively in that third quarter. And then that – and. The Mavericks had a lot of goofy turnovers in that third quarter more so just like you can attribute that to a lot of like the first game of the season woes as we talked about and that led to some Cam Johnson transition threes and he really started to get going there so I think that's honestly where we saw most of the struggles there um, and then by that point um, I think we saw an increased confidence from Devin Booker who he had been I don't I, I don't want to say struggling the whole game but he had you know he had kind of just been playing meh it didn't really seem too spirited but once the sun started to rally he started to rally as well and he seemed like everything you know inside of um 10 feet he was just banking in or getting right to his spot getting on the, these defenders hips like you know dorian and reggie i think reggie guard, guard him you know primarily most of the time when reggie was in um but you know josh green dorian saw a lot of run on him as well 
And he honestly just to a point, really like Dorian and Reggie specifically, he started to really work them in that third quarter and that started to contribute to things. Um, you know, Mikel Bridges, he was actually attacking closeouts really well. I thought he did a really good job. He played 41 minutes in this game for the Suns and he was really, um, I mean, he gave the Mavericks issues, especially in that first half. He can't just kept the Suns slightly within striking distance. So, you know, I thought it was a really good game from him as well. He had 11 rebounds, 13 points, double-double from him. Um, so, I mean, the Suns' role players that they need to hit really hit for them. This Suns team obviously isn't as deep as it is as it was last year. That's, you know, readily apparent. But um, needless to say, you know, those, those key players at the top of the rotation still have a lot to contribute. And, you know, new addition Damian Lee is really kind of what um, – just started to really put the um, knife in the coffin for the Mavericks in the fourth quarter, you know, sort of the unsung hero of this game for the Suns, the Mavericks all-star Damian Lee, whatever you want to call him. He obviously hit the go-ahead basket with, I believe, 9.2 seconds left. Um, Just talk about his role, particularly in that fourth quarter, because he didn't didn't really do too much before that. We've already talked about some of the other Suns players. Chris Paul really didn't play much down the stretch. You know, this is the the go-to clutch um, sort of guy for the Suns. I mean, this is who they relied on. Most clutch points scored, um, I believe, either last year or the year before that in the NBA. Um, best like clutch efficiency, field goal percentage, all that sort of stuff. And he barely even played down the stretch. They were leaning on Cameron Payne. They were riding the hot hand because uh, Cameron Payne and Damian Lee were really what offensively um, sort of catalyzed that um, the Suns' um, offensive spark in that fourth quarter and their ability to just maintain and stick around until, you know, obviously they had a lead at one point, kind of just kept going up and down until they um, took the lead kind of definitively with a couple minutes left. And, you know, they didn't really hold back until the Mavericks tied the game. But then we saw Damian Lee hit the game winner. So uh, I, I just kind of, kind of want you to talk about, you know, Devin Booker had nine assists in this game. How is he, you know, manipulating the Mavericks defense to find these shooters like Damian Lee and Cameron Payne to really start to – um like to come to the Mavericks detriment in that fourth quarter from the standpoint of how many, uh, it kind of seemed like the Mavericks went from giving up so much points, 56 points in the paint this game. They went from giving up 56 points in the paint to uh, really just getting hurt by the outside. When um, we look at the end of this game and that um, three point line, the mid range area. Yeah. So, I mean, what the Suns did really well this off season was they surrounded at like inside attacking guys, such as Chris Paul and Devin Booker with shooters, such as Cameron Payne, Damian Lee, um, I, I think mean, Cameron it, Payne was already on the team. Yeah. But, okay. Well, yeah. 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 But like Damian Lee, that's a three-point shooter right there. Uh, I mean, they they did a good job of surrounding them with these kick-out kind of guys, such as the Mavericks kind of do. Uh, and that's really kind of where the Suns really struck in the fourth quarter was you know Devin Booker would go inside and he had such a big third quarter that you know as soon as he goes inside, it's like everybody kind of folds inside. You know, and whenever you have kind of average to low tier defenders on Damian Lee and Cameron Payne. Like there's not much that they can do. Like they Dinwiddie, yeah, Din- and Dinwiddie. I'm Dinwiddie here. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Cameron Payne's effectiveness started to get, you know, when Josh Green was guarding him. Uh, zero. But. Yeah, but you know, once Josh Green got yanked, and you know, I think, I know Luca, Luca played a lot on Cam Johnson, but um, you know, even like Reggie starting to get kind of torched by Cam, uh, campaign whenever he was on him. But you know, particularly like Dinwiddie on Damian Lee was, and oh. Tim Hardaway Jr., especially when yeah, he, he was on Cameron. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. is typical Tim Hardaway Jr. on defense. 
and yeah, then like you're right, like they just were able to start. Like just to kick out, I mean, you know, Devin Booker, I think really the heart of his nine assists came from, you know, driving inside. And like I said, the whole defense collapses on him and it leaves one or two open shooters. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Damian Lee or Cameron Payne, you know, these guys are going to make these kind of shots. And whenever Cameron Payne gets going, he doesn't miss. Uh, I mean, he shot the ball really well in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, Damian Lee, he took over really in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of where he got the bulk of his 11 points. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like it doesn't matter – uh, in Chris or uh, in uh, Paul George's words, you know, maybe it was a badly taken three, but the guy has a hot hand. He's going to shoot it with confidence. And as he did, and he showed, I think, you know, the Suns, like, I don't want to say they're legit or anything. I'm not saying that at all. I think that they're still, I think the, I don't, I'm not saying they got lucky or anything. The Mavs just played terrible on defense. Um, but I mean, if they shoot the ball this well late in the fourth quarter, it's like they can easily stick around teams and possibly just like they did with the Mavericks, pick them off and get an easy win there. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Suns did a really good job just maintaining until, you know, their, their shooting finally caught fire and they were able to um, take over the game from that aspect. They only went eight for 22 from three, but they caught they – caught I, I think them. like six of those were in the fourth quarter. Like I'm, yeah, I'm not even sure. lying. A lot of them were. Um, but, you know, and of course coming down to that uh, Damian Lee go-ahead basket to put the Suns ahead 107 to 105. Nine, 9.2 seconds left you know he kind of just uh it's kind of a back and forth game with him and booker um he gets to the base the right baseline um starts trying to post up dinwiddie realizes nothing there and he kind of like fades in leans off to this like really off kilter shot and it goes in and um then the mavericks don't have any timeouts left luca comes down the court tries to put out like a 33 foot step back heave that ended up being a little short and that's the ball game and obviously we're not going to take too much credence to the final possession as the reason why like the Mavericks lost this game, you know, obviously, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to see that, especially, you know, I'm sure the NBA replay office or whatever they're called is going to come out and say, Oh, Damian Lee traveled, but it is what it is at this point, you know, the Mavericks, the way they play down the stretch deserve to lose that game to an extent. So it's not like that's, you know, while yes, it may have been in travel, it was very barely a travel. It's kind of a, like, you know, very tentatively. So, you know, it is what it is, and it, it sucks, but at the end of the day... We have 81 left, so... Yes, we do have 81 left. It's very true. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, that's just sort of the summation of the game if you're going from top to bottom. It was a really, you know, gut-wrenching, unfortunate loss, but the Mavericks had plenty of opportunities. Um, and at the end of the day, like, a lot of it just comes down to free-throw shooting and, um, you know, lack of a sec- uh, secondary ball handler, if you want to call it that, at certain points. And um, the rotations, you know, not just being ironed out as much in the first game. Don't want to knock Jason Kidd too much because it is just the first game of the season. You know, he's trying to feel things out. Being a head coach in the NBA is not easy. I certainly couldn't do it. But, you know, we can obviously apply fair criticism where it's due. And Jason Kidd not putting in Christian Wood down the stretch of the game, not writing the, the hot hand. Christian Wood only played 24 minutes in this game. Now, of course, Christian Wood couldn't make anything from the free throw line from this game. But barring that, he really um, got hot offensively, both in the second and the fourth quarter. Particularly, he had that 16-point stretch by himself where he made three threes in the um, fourth quarter. After the Mavericks' rough third quarter, he's what kept the Mavericks in this game. Um, and he honestly, you know, you, you can see why this guy um, touted himself as, you know, wanting to make an all-star team this year. Why he um, may – I don't know how he feels, but – he. You know, he probably feels within himself that he's not 
a guy who should be subjected to an off-the-bench role. But he ended up going four for seven from three, 25 points, eight rebounds. I want you to talk about Christian Wood's game, um, particularly in that fourth quarter. And what do you think was um, the reason that Jason Kidd didn't ride the hot hand? And Maxie ended up playing down the stretch really until those last couple of minutes where we saw Christian Wood starting to get run a little bit. Yeah. So like I brought this up to you before we started the podcast, like I, I'm going to speak here in terms of this rotation right now. Uh, you know, me personally, like I don't understand it, but I I'm trying to reason here. And I think that the reason me, per- like I actually, I think the reason here is, you know, like Maxie Cleaver, he played with these guys for 18 playoff games and numerous seasons. Like I think that, you know, the, you, you're trying to go with the chemistry here in the first game. It's close game. Maxi hasn't necessarily played all too well the whole entire game. Um, but I just think that you're taking <clears throat> you're taking chemistry over the hot hand. And I mean, in the first game of the season, I don't really understand it, but at the same time I do. And unfortunately, the Mavericks do, do lose. And I, I think largely part of that last minute rotation. Um, now, had Christian Wood been on the court, maybe we would have won. I don't know. Um, but just, you know, the way that he scored the ball, uh, I mean, it was honestly like, it's something we've never seen in Dallas, you know, a big guy who can dribble. I saw him bring up the ball a handful of times this game. Uh, I know he had one where maybe early career Dirk. Uh, That's really about it. Yeah. I was like, I guess. Yeah. Um, But I mean, creating shots for himself, you know, step back threes. Like we don't ever see that out of six, 10 plus guys. Uh, And he had one that was a high bank shot and went in. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Uh, Bank shots from Christian Wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, largely he shot the ball really well, uh, minus free throw shooting. Again, I mean, I hate to keep adding that, but didn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line really as a team. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Christian Wood played really well. And I think that we're, this is really indicative of what we're going to see this season throughout him. And I'm going to say this right now, like if JaVale McGee keeps playing the way that, and I'm not saying JaVale played terrible or anything, but if JaVale keeps playing the way he did and Christian Wood keeps playing the way he is. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Christian Wood elevated into a starting role here soon. No, yeah, I mean, that could definitely happen. I, I didn't think JaVale really played terrible, but, you know, in his 14 minutes. Um, I guess, you know, just a little I, – I think I would have liked to have seen more from him defensively, just the fact that, you know, like we had mentioned that him getting kind of torched in the drop a little bit to an extent. I didn't think he was terrible on ball. You know, DeAndre Aiden did give him some really good – moves in the post and you know but i i don't think javel's i think he'll regress back to the median a little bit in terms of playing a little bit better i don't think that this is you know i i, I do value his veteran leadership you know i know a lot of mass fans on twitter are like calling oh javel should be traded i'm not quite there yet let's let's continue to see how this goes you know we haven't even really get to ayton's a really good you know drop coverage defender so it, it's a little bit harder to exploit that pick and roll with him and luca too so let's see how he does on offense against you know, maybe more of a slow-footed center like Steven Adams. I'm, I'm excited to see him versus the Grizzlies next game, of course. So I'm not calling for Javel's number quite yet. Um, but, you know, looking at two guys particularly that didn't do the best in this game, um, Max Kleber and Tim Hardaway Jr. And Tim Hardaway Jr., like we said, really didn't provide, you know, coming off the bench, played 25 minutes, three for 10 from the field, one for five from three, and route to nine points. You know, he already doesn't really provide too much from the match from a um, – defensive standpoint we knew that that's concurrent but I mean this is the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience we know what we're going to get from him you know he's going to have some really duds really dud games and he's going to have some really good games he didn't really look like he was like it was all that like terrible from him but he just wasn't able to uh like once his shot you could tell his shot was off and he had a couple turnovers particularly in that like second third quarter area it was just all downhill from there and you know Tim started to become costly on defense along with 
being a big net negative on offense from the standpoint of how many threes and stuff he was missing. He just couldn't really get anything going. So I think that's – I don't know if there's too much more to say about that. Yeah, um, I mean, like, just kind of a lackluster game from Tim. Like, I think had he been on uh, – It would have been a lot be, different. Yeah, it would have been a lot different. Uh, I mean, and that's clear. I think that's – you could say that for any game that Tim would be on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was kind of more just shot selection. I know he had one where Luca. I don't even know if it was up. shot selection. I really just thought it was – things weren't dropping and – you know, that's really it. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I mean, at, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to get chastised by Mavs fans every time he has a bad game. He's going to get praised every time he has a good game. This is the experience we've known to come and love and hate with him. So we just have to ride it out until maybe one day he's gone because, you know. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, yeah, I guess you can say that. But what's your excuse for Maxi here? I mean, I, I personally. Well, I, I think what's interesting about Maxi is that I think, like I've said this before, is that, you know, like a lot of these guys, you know, sometimes 3 and D players will have off-shooting nights, correct? Yeah. With Maxi, when he's not, you know, involved, well, I don't, I don't – I think it's more so like he needs his defensive game to get his offensive game going. But when one or the other, um, like, isn't working out for him, it seems to adversely affect his whole game. Maxi had a really good closeout block in that second quarter on Damian Lee. And I was like, okay, let's uh let's get the telephone line rolling here. But um Maxi, um, he didn't really see much looks offensively. He wasn't getting kicked out. I thought the Suns did a really good job of um closing out kickouts that were directly from Luca. You know, I thought a lot of the guys who were getting kick out threes, particularly like Reggie Bullock, for instance, and Rento's 10 points, most of it was from like Christian Wood assist or Javel McGee, like in the short roll, being able to dish it out to a shooter then. Um this game, the Suns were doing a really good job of closing out passing lanes and kickouts. That's what they mainly tried to take away. I think that's why we saw a lot of like Luca and Christian Wood dominated isolation possessions and even Dinwiddie at points in that second half because they really just had to go to work. That's what the Suns were giving them. So they had to take it and they had to go make get their own baskets. And um, I honestly think that, you know, Maxi not being able to get in touch offensively was part of the reason that he didn't really play the best. And, um, you know, it, Maxi almost just seems like he picks and chooses when he wants to be good defensively. Like, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a good defensive game. This Maxi is a really capable defender. We know that, but it's okay to like understand that he does have off games defensively, which is not really, it's not true of like all NBA defenders. Um, a lot of really good NBA defenders are able to, you know, even if they're having a really terrible offensive night, the defense is still going to be concurrent. That's something that's, you know, not a skill base. That's just effort, you know, um, I don't know what it is specifically with Maxi, if it's just him not being in touch with his overall game when, you know, he can't get one side of the ball going. But, you know, I would definitely agree that he did have a lackluster game. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of reverting here. Like, I have a funny takeaway. Uh, speaking to, like, the rebounding and JaVale and Christian Wood, there there was a few times where, you know, we see the Luca usual triple-double rebounds where he's just kind of like nobody's around him. He just kind of picks it up and goes. Uh, I think that this was the first time in Luka Doncic history where we kind of saw like these bigger guys such as JaVale and Christian Wood just take rebounds from Luka. And I, I think the first few times it happened, it was kind of funny because I don't think Luka really knew what to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't think we've really seen like these rebounding bigs kind of take these boards. I, I don't want to take these boards, but like we just haven't really seen the sense of rebounding. And like we saw it really in the first half. And I'm, I'm going to kind of like speak to the loss here, like, Honestly, like, I, I think that, you know, from a Mavs perspective, like, of course it sucks. You don't want to lose. And honestly, this much have been, would have been much better if we'd won. But, you know, having a first half where you play almost perfect, 
uh, and then having a second half where you play horrible, like it, it doesn't, it's not bad in the sense that you can work off what you can learn from. And uh, you know what this team already looks like, you know, whenever they're playing good. And we saw that in one game. And I think that that's kind of a positive that you can take away. Uh, I would have much rather have won, of course. Um, but, you know, I mean, like it's one of 82. I think that we're going to see a lot better Mavs team. I think in the season opener, I think they're going to come with a lot more energy than we saw in that second half. Uh, and honestly, like it doesn't take any way any it doesn't take away any excitement for the next game. Uh, it just kind of like. I know Will mentioned a lot on uh, Twitter, like it just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's just a really bittersweet game to lose from the standpoint that there had been so much build up to this game. And obviously the Suns fans are really going to be calling our number now until the next time we play them, which I believe is during like rivals week. Like November or December. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But um, just from that standpoint, it like, you know, if it was against another team, for instance, and I don't know if it would even have near as much bearing, it'd just be like, okay, first game of the year. But, you know, it is – quite the blow, but, you know, it's really too early to take any, like, big general takeaways from. Um, but I do want to just get into a couple more things before we go ahead and end this podcast. You know, we've talked about, you know, how lackluster, you know, guys like JaVale, um, Maxi have played, and we and Tim, of course. And we've talked about, you know, the positive that Josh Green was on defense, how Spencer Dinwiddie was able to um, – like rekindle his offensive play. And that's from the second quarter through on out uh, the game really got going, was a lot more aggressive and assertive. I think that that definitely helped ease some concerns. Um, and, you know, I'm not really too worried about Reggie and Dorian's defense. Sure. It started to dwindle a little bit in that second half, but, you know, I don't really feel like that's going to be the case most of the time. You can kind of attribute that to just Devin Booker being really good as well. And, you know, just early season, you know, connectivity on rotations between everybody on defense this is a new team, of course. So, you know, got to eat some of that but you know obviously the main takeaways from this game like we said were um christian wood um not being able to get uh jason kidd not writing him down the stretch and that's obviously a big drawing point for mavericks fans on twitter of course and you know he only played 24 minutes in this game do you expect him to start playing at least 30 minutes going forward even if he's not starting uh yeah like um i guess it just kind of depends on what the lineup is like or what the matchup is. I, I think in this case, this scenario, like he definitely should have played north of 30 minutes or maybe even like in the 29 to 28 range, um, getting those last few minutes. I think that, you know, Jason Kidd does really well learning on his mistakes and learning, you know, what to do in that scenario. And I think that he's going to learn from this. Uh, I think Christian Wood, I like, I think he'll finish the game out a lot more, even in these close game scenarios. Uh, again, like I think, attributing this trying to make excuses here like I, I think that you can attribute Maxi being in that late lineup there is due just to you know these guys have played so so many games together that you just kind of have to stick with that group uh, I think that's where Jason Kidd his head was at um, and I think kind of going forward especially if we're seeing a lackluster game from Maxi and like look it's the regular season we're going to see periods where these guys aren't playing great basketball and we're going to see periods where they are playing great basketball like it's going to be an up and down thing until we come to the playoffs and we're going to see what the Mavs are really made of in the playoffs, of course. Um, but I just think going forward, you know, I think we're going to probably stick with Christian Wood more, especially after what we saw in this first game performance. Um, let's hope we do. Cause let's if hope, not yeah. Mavericks Twitter is going to have a field uh, day, Jason kids number on there uh, on speed dial. So yeah, I'm really, really interested to see how that to just monitor that situation going forward. Um, it's really um, sensitive uh, situation from the standpoint that like, you know, you know, you're man trying to manage the personalities of 
you know, this JaVale, um, you know, being guaranteed to start, like who would Christian Wood replace in that role? But I mean, I don't know. Christian Wood, I thought defensively last night, let's get into that a little bit, I guess. Like I thought at times in particularly that first half, his rotations were really lackluster. Um, he gave up a Cam Johnson baseline dunk at one point. I distinctly remember, um, but it seemed like he got like a, I believe he had, um, yeah, he had a block in that second half, if I was recalling correctly. Yeah, I think it was like and, an upside dunk. Yeah, like yeah, it was, it was. And it was on, um, I can't remember who it was on, but it was a really like, it was in that fourth quarter. And um, it, I think it's what catalyzed his um, 16-0 run, like right before that, like he actually went off offensively. He got that defensive stop and he looked a lot more crisp uh, defensively in the second half. I really didn't have too many gripes with him. So I was really encouraging to see. So let's kind of see how that goes going forward. But obviously Mavs Twitter is um, on full rampage mode right now from the standpoint of him not playing. And, you know, it is discouraging, so but we'll see what happens with that rotation. Cause you know, it is the first game. So I don't want to get too um, negative about it, but I mean, it definitely is a situation to monitor going forward. Um, I guess lastly, we haven't really talked too much about Luca. I just um, this is really gonna be the last thing we do before we end this uh, podcast. You know, obviously it was a rough loss, and we'll be back tomorrow, of course, um, previewing the Mavericks versus Grizzlies game. But Luca, ten for twenty-three, two for ten from three, thirteen for thirteen from the free throw line, uh, nine rebounds, six assists, um, one steal, and of course thirty-five points. Talk about Luca's overall game from start to finish what you thought was really good, what you thought he could have improved upon. Um, do you think, um, you know, obviously a lot of Mass fans are kind of saying that this was a bad Luka game, but I mean, he did have 35 points. So what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can kind of make an argument. It was a bad Luka game. Um, but again, I mean, you can't get 35 points and in the first quarter, he looked amazing. Uh, it really looked like he was pining for that MVP right there. Uh, second quarter, he kind of checked out. I think he, played a total of like three minutes in that second quarter. So we didn't really get to see a whole lot of Luca in that second quarter. And I think that's going to be indicative of what we see throughout the season uh, with Luka Doncic in second quarters. Um, and also he didn't play bad. Uh, I know that he finished the half out really well. Uh, I think he was in that last rotation that was out there before the half ended. I believe he was. Uh, and then just kind of in the third quarter, it looked like he wasn't really assertive. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was a, a lack of conditioning. I don't think it was that at all. I just think he was kind of less attentive. I think the team as a whole was really less attentive. Uh, and of course, as we saw, the Suns kind of got a jump on them. In the fourth quarter, it seemed like he checked back in. Uh, he made some really clutch shots, some and ones uh, late in that fourth, other than like the three that he clinked off the front at the very last shot. But again, I'm like, I'm not taking too much credence. It was nine seconds and you can't, you had zero timeouts. Like you can't really do too much in that scenario. Um, but I, I think Luca played really well. Uh, I mean, he shot the ball pretty good, 43% from the field. Uh, the three-point attempts, I think, is kind of alarming. Shooting 10 threes in a game as a whole is just not very good. But, you know, going 20% 20 whenever you're shooting 10 threes is, again, not really good at all. Um, I mean, I, I'm not too – like, there's been games where Luca has shot, like, 10, 11 threes, made, like, five or six of them. So, it's not even as much the attempts as I, it is, like – Well, yeah, it's just – Where like, and how the yeah. offense is coming from. He was really dominating um, – just by getting into that mid post area, he's making, getting fouled a lot, getting making mid range um, shots. You know, I don't, oh, also we didn't really talk about the refs at all. I did feel like it was skewed a little bit more towards the Suns in that second half. But you know, this is not a podcast where we're going to sit here and rant about the refs, and unless something is blatantly wrong, travel. Just kidding. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is 
I did feel like the Suns were getting a more of a lenient whistle than the Mavericks were. Um, you know, and Spencer Dinwiddie obviously being in foul trouble to start that third quarter did not help at all. But, um, you know, like you said, yeah, I mean, Luka didn't have the best shooting game from distance, but he did a really good job getting into the paint. And just from mid-range, he was um, he was lethal in the mid-range game this this game. And, I mean, I thought his his overall understanding of the Mavericks' offensive system every year seems to increase, whether he's – I think honestly, like what I saw particularly from Luca in this game was he was getting a ton of pass to assist, um, being you know the primary like just knowing exactly where to hit the guy who's gonna find the next guy for an assist, um, you know, just dishing it into that like middle of the lane area and then getting it uh, to the and then whoever catches it there, typically the rolling big, getting it to the corner. I mean. I was really impressed by that. You know, we see that every year from Luca, but I thought that was even more so emphasized with the Mavericks rolling bigs that we have right now in Christian Wood and JaVale. Um, but, you know, I thought Luca played a really good overall top to bottom game, you know, a lot of highlights in this game, like came back, worked Tory Craig on a spin post move after he got dunked on with a putback. Um, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that you can try to micro critique regarding his third quarter, you know, maybe him settling too much for step back threes. Luca does have a tendency to do that when he's up. So, I mean, obviously it's something he'll have to eliminate over the course of his NBA career, but I don't see that being like a definite change. that's going to happen just immediately or anything. So I thought, yes, he may have started to settle a little bit, um, particularly um, in that third quarter. But I mean, he really started to carry the Mavericks in the fourth quarter when he came back in, had those two and ones, what even kept them in the game to when the sun started getting hot and Damian Lee started draining every three in existence so I mean I, I wouldn't say it's a bad Luka game by any stretch of the imagination he wasn't costly on defense by any means you know the turnovers and the three-point shooting you know came to his detriment to an extent but it was not a bad overall game he played really good you know he played his ass off to start the first game yeah I know I mean like literally I, I really do think he put 35 points up with these like 13 of which came in the first quarter second quarter he didn't play bad uh, I don't know how much he had in the third and fourth, but I know in the fourth he kind of decided to buckle up and put the ball in the hoop. Um, but, I mean, like, like really, like 35 points in an opener. Uh, I mean, we're going to see him at home. I think he's going to put up possibly even more points at home. Um, but, I mean, like, again, like seeing that Luke had a bad game whenever he dropped 35 on a pretty good team, like, uh, like I just don't see that. No. Not at all. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, I mean, there's many factors in Mavericks lost this game. You know, one, like we said, the rotations, of course, but, you know, the free throw shooting too. The Mavericks as a team are 21 for 34 on free throws. And Luca made all 13 of his free throws. Um, Austin, obviously, Christian Wood should have had 30. He went three for 10 on free throws. You know, he's a career 66.8% free throw shooter. And I had no clue until I actually saw the game. JaVale missed a few free throws. Then Woody missed both of his. So from that standpoint, the Mavericks had plenty of opportunities to win this game. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a ton of takeaways from this game. There's a ton of non-takeaways. It is the first game of the season. It was a really disappointing drop. There's no refuting that. There's, you know, we can be upset, but good thing it's the NBA season. So we have basketball back on Saturday. Um, we will be at the game yeah, covering so all of it. If you ever, like, want to link up right yes, now. we will. We'll be reaching out to you, a lot of you guys on Twitter. We love growing with you guys, talking to you guys. Sorry to see that our first post-game official podcast on this is a loss. And it was a really disappointing one at that. But, you know, we really enjoyed watching it, and we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Mainstream underscore Mavs. 
hopefully we get a better result in the next one. Um, listen to us on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure to review us, give us a five-star rating if you so please. Besides that, we'll catch you guys in the next one. And we will hopefully be looking at some improvements from the Mavericks just in some of the general areas we talked about um, upon this Grizzlies game coming around Saturday. But barring that, we will see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.